Phones off. <laughs> Let's start. Okay. Yes. Hey everyone. Wait, close the door. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Under Curated. Um, this is the first episode, so I'm gonna do a podcast, and I'm your host Elif. If you don't know, you probably don't know, um, because I'm not famous. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So all my hopes and dreams are bound to this podcast. All right. And you're my first first guest. Yeah. No pressure, but like your performance is gonna set the example for <laughs> other guests and okay, episodes. Okay, so it's gonna be very low, so everybody can just and it's to gonna have a direct effect on the success of this podcast. Okay. But like no pressure. Okay. All right. So we are in our place. This is a homemade podcast. As I don't know, ninety percent of the podcast. We don't have a garage. If we would have a garage, we would do the podcast there. So. Yeah. But also, we're not American, so we don't need to. Yeah, um, exactly. So how do you feel about being my first guest? Um, I'm very honored. And uh, I'm, very, I mean, I'm very excited, to be honest. Like, a little bit nervous, because, I don't know, maybe in five years or something like that, ten years, there's going to be maybe like one million people listening to this and... Spotify or whatever, so... Five years. Yeah, I, I, I would give it five years. Five. I was about to say five months, but that's not realistic. I mean, it took you almost... Why am I going to get a million viewers after five years? It took you one year to just buy the microphones, so... So, okay. <laughs> so that's, I mean, yeah. So maybe yeah. I made like approximately five different episodes in five years and then that would be a pretty good... <laughs> That would be a pretty good success rate if you have one million listeners then in five years, I would say. Okay, so, um, the, yeah. Well, I'm not going to oppose because I was slow. I mean, it's exactly 13 months since I told you that I decided to make a podcast. Mm. And last year in November, I decided to make a podcast and... I did like a very realistic time plan that I was <laughs> publishing my first episode in December last year. <laughs> And then <laughs> by now, it was going to be already like a million viewers. But some things got on my way. Um, I couldn't Corona. do it. Corona, Corona exactly. Yeah. You didn't have time so much. The world stopped. Yes, exactly. What could I do? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, like the vaccine. Exactly, blame it on the vaccine. Exactly, like I'm still <laughs> waiting for it. So when I heard the developments on the I vaccine... Haven't, I haven't brushed my teeth just because I'm waiting for the vaccine for like, I don't know, since March. Yeah, I mean, today uh, I realized that I didn't brush my teeth in the morning and I just brushed my teeth for the first time. Just one hour ago. Mm, I'm happy about that since we are sitting so close to each other. 
<laughs> I was thinking of you. But also then you made a tuna salad. Oh, yeah, so true, yeah. And I didn't brush my teeth afterwards. But we're in, so we're in no this together. Complaints. What? We're in that one together. Exactly. <laughs> so it's fine. That was actually really good. <laughs> Always eat the same things with your guest before recording yeah. a podcast. That is just one of my advice to the young people out there who want to make their podcast. And thinking of, but what about like if my mouth smells bad and what if the guest, blah, blah, blah. I know this is a huge problem. So just make sure you eat the same thing with your guest. Throughout the podcast, I'm going to keep giving advice about it. Um, this is just about the first. breath, bad breath or? Bad breath. <laughs> bad breath in general. Bad breath. That could also be the name of the podcast. That's a cool name actually, Bad breath. <laughs> you could do a podcast like, where you have people in a very small room and then you decide to eat something that's very disturbing and then you talk with them about some very serious topics and then you have to film it of course and then you like see how long time is the person going to stay in the room <laughs> and true it, it can also be like the point of view of the microphone yeah. because the microphone is exposed to this bad breath mm -hmm. exactly um, that's a good idea. That could be my second project, mm -hmm. my side project, mm -hmm. the Bad Breath podcast. But um, exactly. So um, that was a good intro. What mm -hmm. do you think? Yeah, it's great. I think, uh, great. We're, uh, What's the average intro of a podcast normally? It's like 30 seconds or a minute? I, I must have done some research. I only listen to one podcast. <laughs> I never listened to a podcast in my entire life. <laughs> and I decided to make one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when people ask me, uh, like, I first of all, I told everybody that I'm going to make a podcast since a year because I, I did that on purpose because I wanted my friends to keep asking me after a while, hey, what did you do with the podcast? And I wanted to feel a little bit pressure mm. so that every time I didn't do anything about it and someone comes to me and like, what about your podcast? You told me you're doing it. I was like, <laughs> and I didn't feel any pressure and I just wait, kept waiting. <laughs> and then asked me like, what is it going to be about? It's super hard for me to describe Because I thought, oh, I'm just going to invite my friends and we're going to talk about it and then someone's going to like it. Mm. So this is just... What do you think about here, this? Here idea? we are. Yeah, here we are. I mean, we're fun people. Don't yeah, you? moderately fun. <laughs> Let's see. I guess it's relative. <laughs> we are super fun. Everybody, just tune in. Um... Yeah, so just, I don't know, two friends talking, having fun. I think a, the feeling of a good conversation. I mean, I love listening to podcasts where two people just talking bullshit. I don't know. Some people don't like it. Some people like more like informative podcasts or I don't know, like um, where you get uh, learn something, you get information. I can assure everyone that no one's going to learn anything from this podcast. <laughs> It's gonna Nothing be of value, at least. <laughs> Nothing of value, just bullshit. And but I just want to be that it's gonna be the, like the opposite of the small talk. Yeah. Like two people 
just th who wants to talk to each other and have a like nice conversation and spend good time together and then that resonates oh my god the problem okay so i'm gonna solve this problem until our next episode yeah benjamin so we are living together since one and a half uh yes one and a half years a little more than one like september oh yeah september yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. one year three months yeah we're doing pretty good i would say here we are i mean we're sitting here so <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and you're my first guest yeah exactly so yeah yeah i mean yeah so i just just to put a little context in it do you remember the first time we met Yes. I hope you do. Yeah, I do. It was at this Korean restaurant. Yes, yeah, my exactly. favorite. Yeah, it was. It was nice. It was very intense in some ways because it was on, not only you. It was like a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of people who were actually kind of opposing what my intentions were, which was coming to Berlin and living with you and Best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that. So. Um, on top of the element of like being nervous about meeting you for the first time and meeting uh, meeting like bestest best friend, but also meeting my new potential roommate. Um, but I don't know. Actually, did we decide already then? Did when mm. when the apartment came up? Ah, good question. Was that? No, we didn't decide. Oh, I, I no, no, no. You you did. Okay, so I, I'm just putting into context. Mm. So um, Benjamin. Uh, and my very good friend uh, Beste, they're together, they're a couple, and we were just going to move in uh, together with Beste in Berlin, and then uh, that is also by the time you and Beste met mm. and become closer, and then you were in a relationship, and then you decided that also you join us and you move in with us. And I think... That day, uh, it was already decided because I remember the people were... Because, pe what were because people were saying outside the restaurant, crazy. saying like, what are you doing? You shouldn't do that. Too early. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What did you feel like when they told you like... I didn't know because I think they were saying it in Turkish to best. She told me afterwards. Yeah, I didn't hear that too. Yeah. So um, we were there in that restaurant, my very, very good friend, uh, Meli, and he had guests from Istanbul. Mm. visiting Berlin ah, yeah, true. Yeah. and so it was kind of people just got to know each other and then Benjamin arrived and then we told them like yeah he's gonna move in with us they just met blah 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 and yeah they were like Besta told me later that everyone's saying like that's something crazy to do yeah it is also a little bit crazy by that time I think we had known each other for two three months Mm -hmm. Maybe not even three months. You met in June two thousand nineteen. May. May. Yeah. And we moved in here in this September. This was August. I remember. Okay. Yeah. So three months. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. But I don't know. It wasn't a big deal for me to be honest because uh, I had tried it before and um, I don't know. I've just kind of a happy-go-lucky kind of person. I just try out things and then, yeah. I mean, I thought like maybe it's not going to work, then I can just like find another place to stay. <laughs> but I didn't want to come Did you have a backup place? 
Uh, uh, no. <laughs> Good. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. But I had, uh, I had a, I was, you know, I was completely relaxed about it actually. I was mostly nervous about how it was going to be to, to be the, in the context of three people. Mm-hmm. Um, the dynamic of best having a very strong tie to you because of your uh, long friendship, mm-hmm. and then of course also having a strong tie to me. And how is that dynamic going to be? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to interfere in your relationship, um, but I was also hoping that I could have like a normal kind of dynamic with Besta. Uh, so that w- it was more like the, that constellation I was thinking about. But I think it's turned out more than fine. Yeah, I think it's like yeah. a very it, harmonious. Yeah, very harmonious. It turned out to be very fine. I'm very happy that I g- get to know you, like, and live with you, like. Yeah. Absolutely. That and was the second time it was at the festival also. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was also good. That was kind of also Nation. A, an icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah. Oh, those were good times. Mm. It was a summer. A lot of people. Good music. Yeah. Well, here we are in winter. And today we had absolutely no sun. Like... What the fuck? Yeah, it was very gray. It was dark gray. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? We're in Berlin, so I am grateful to every sunshine that we have. It's not that bad. It's not like every day we have dark gray, but it's like... Yeah, but today was bad. Today was one of those bad days. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so that's how we met. And things are going pretty fine. And I'm happy to be living with both of them. And Besta is going to be my second guest. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah, so um, I had a... Is Besta doing the jingle? Um, I don't know. Uh, she, she's. I'm absolutely gonna ask her. So I thought this jingle thing. I record some like a scat thing, voices mm-hmm. on top of each other. Um, I'm just gonna try things out. I have to do this. Maybe I'll do it next week or something. And then I'm gonna ask her how to produce it. It's so good to have a producer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two producers actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two producers at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you should do kind of like a curb your enthusiasm kind of jingle. That would be fun. I heard that. Um, I think maybe we told you the story. Larry David um, hears this song like in an elevator or something, mm-hmm. and then he doesn't know wh- who <coughs> does it belong to the song. And then he goes back, he has this idea of the, making the series and then uh, he tells his people and then he doesn't know anything and he just mumbles the song and then they find it. How do they... Because I never heard the song. It's called Shazam. You know the uh, Shazam? Ah, uh, when you mumble to Shazam it... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Well, yeah. But what could you mumble to Shazam in two thousand and two? 
Ah, no. Was it 2002 or 2000? Definitely not. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so... Lar. Lar. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we're going to go deep, deep into your childhood in this podcast. <laughs> Nothing too serious, guys. Just a couple of traumas. And we're just going to unpack all those black boxes... All the tra trauma from Benjamin's childhood. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like all deep subjects, topics, theme. I don't wanna like waste my time on the surface. So um, exactly, and I don't wanna ask you also um, the same questions that you get always in your interviews because you give a lot of interviews. Yeah, this is my third And you always today. get the same questions, right? I'm so tired of it. It's so boring. Yeah. Like, so that's why I had in mind, like, I just wanted to, I told myself that do not ask Benjamin every other question that people are asking him all the time again and again in order not to make this podcast boring. So my first question is to you that I really give a lot of thought into this and it's very it's like tailored for you it's um i just came up with this idea today it goes like this it's like <laughs> if you were in a desert island and you could only pick three things with you what would those three things be i know I just came up with this question, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very it's very um, profound. I know. I I dreamed about it. Can I think about it and then answer you in the end of the podcast? And it's always kind of a cliffhanger. Perfect. Yeah. Now the producer is talking. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, let's talk about your childhood, which I'm. I mean, your childhood, for me, is the most interesting because none of my friends have such a story when they were from when they were young so when i first heard yours i was like really it was cute yeah and it's very interesting so you were um you were uh, uh, when you were eight years old you were ahead of a cult How did you? How did that um, unfold? You were a cult baby. I was a cult baby. Yeah, yeah. Were you born into this? Yeah, I had I had two parents who were um, as big. Uh, they were equally big hippies, but also very uh, big on Christianity. They mm -hmm. were super Christian and they were super hippies. So my parents they decided to move to uh, deep into the forest in Sweden um, with a bunch of other super Christian hippies and um, basically established like a dance and theater collective that was aiming to tell all of the positive um, messages from the Bible about um, love and stuff like that. Um, and kind of interpret the Bible into dance and theater. And they had some kind of funding from some churches mm -hmm. and uh, they bought some 
minibuses and they would like tour around in Europe and like do this kind of performance on the street. Ah, so they toured. They toured a lot, yeah. So, but your mom and dad were the head of this. Yes, um, because my father, he was, uh, well, my mother was a ballet dancer mm -hmm. and um, my father, he was more like a project manager kind of guy, but also very much um, into all kinds of arts. So, so they, yeah, they made that. It was fun. It was people from all over the world, like from Canada to Japan to uh, Eastern Europe to, I don't think that there were anybody from the African continent, but, and not, also not from the South American continent, but besides that, it was, I think it was like basically a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. I could speak like three or four different languages. Really? Well, I could like say hello and stuff like that uh, when I was four or five years old because I had so many different babysitters from different countries. <sighs> yeah. So, um, but it was also kind of weird because we were living in this forest, <clears throat> but we were still, um, there were still like the Swedish societies in the 90s and mm -hmm. we were like far out. We were not like near any kind of cosmopolitan vibes. Uh, so it was also a very rough environment on the other side of those gates. I went to a school uh, outside. Ah, you have a relationship with the outside. Okay. Yeah, yeah we, yeah, we did a little bit. But not much because it wasn't... I mean, we were definitely the freaks out there in the forest and we would come into the city sometimes and had to go to school also as the only kid, actually. And yeah, that was not... That was, that you was, were the only kid? I was the only kid who went to school. The other kids were too small or they got schooled at home or something. I don't know. Ah. Yeah. Uh, we were like 10, 15 kids within the community. Uh -huh. But I was the oldest one. Okay. So, and yeah. So it was weird going from like that kind of safe haven and going out into this like 90s Swedish. Uh, it's kind of like true detective vibes out there, actually. <laughs> Were there a lot of uh, orgies going on? Um, <laughs> what does a super Christian orgy look like? <laughs> a super Christian orgy looks like they're all wearing white. They have... They're not having sex. <laughs> <laughs> they're just stroking they're hugging. each other. Yeah. And they're hugging. That happened a lot. And then they... Yeah. Hugging and stuff. Yeah, there was lots of love all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Orgies, I don't think so. No. Sacrifice, any animal sacrifice. Mm. Like any kind of midsummer vibes, none of them? Were you kind of relating to midsummer when we were watching the movie? <laughs> you mean where the old people are jumping up from the cliff and this exactly. guy goes with a big hammer and smashes him in the face? Exactly. No, not really. Oh. Okay. Well, not really. I thought it was like happening all yeah, the time. No, not really. Okay. But when you were touring, how you were going to the school then? Um, that's also the thing. I had kind of a... I have a bad record with with the schools. I wasn't so much... Ah, you were absent. Yeah, I was absent and I um, didn't also really... Yeah, I was I was very much absent. And then... I know I it was it was uh, it was not good to go in that school. I mean, I was I I got a, I got beaten up a lot in school. Really? Yeah. 
How how were they perceiving like, I, you? I was that Christian weird freak, and I was also like uh, dark skinned and stuff like that. So it was like. But how did they know that you were coming from that uh, the forest? The whole village knew who we were. With those freaks, you know, it was like. Was it? Uh, could you tell by your outfits or stuff? No, I mean, I think I also kind of. <laughs> I remember. I remember. That I was trying to tell the other kids in the school about Jesus and God and stuff like that. And really? Yeah, yeah. And oh I remember my that. God. I remember once that I was like trying to tell one of the guys that that like Jesus is, is all over the place. Like he's like in this room right now. And I was like trying to teach him, and I was just imitating what my what I've heard my parents say. And while I'm saying it, he just punched me in the stomach. It's <gasps> like there you go, Jesus. I don't want to hear. I don't want to listen to your Jesus shit. So that was kind of. I went to school kind of naive, thinking like it's you know it's all about love all the time. But you know Aww. how primary schools can be with fucking yeah, super cruel war zone. So it's the animal kingdom over there. Yeah, exactly. Horrible. Yeah, we would also get into physical fights mm. in uh, elementary school. I remember it. It was violent. I mean, that's the only time that I got into. Fight. I also didn't get into fights in high school or. Now I don't get into fights, but <laughs> back back then I really remember we would I would fight with someone like usually it would be guys it would never be girl to girl fight with a guy I was fighting with them and I was like punching them in the stomach or they were punching me in the stomach or like mm-hmm. slapping and kicking and what it was we could die maybe <laughs> like while we were fighting mm-hmm. what was that about mm-hmm. it was i remember one time we were <laughs> we were we were three girls and there was a guy and we were fighting we were having a discussion or a fight with him i don't remember and then we got like so angry that we attacked him and ripped his shirt apart oh wow yeah I don't even remember why. And then I I feel like a badass girl, like a fighter girl. I don't know mm-hmm. what I was trying to do. And I was like, you're going to see. <laughs> Ripped his shirt. And then I go back home and then the doorbell rings. And this poor guy and his mom are at the door. And the woman has like... <laughs> his shirt <laughs> in her hands and she's like she was very polite she was like why oh why would you do this to him and my mom was like oh my god i'm gonna get you him a new shirt i'm so sorry my my daughter blah, blah, blah. and then she really uh, was incredibly angry with me she was like what who the fuck do you think you are <laughs> like what the fuck is this where where do you think you live no one does it where did you see this like How can you behave like this? And I was like, yeah, okay. I guess that was too much. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you got caught in the moment. I got caught in the moment. And then my mom told everyone in the inner and greater family. And all of these people made fun of me for like 20 years. Ooh, Elif is coming. Like, hold on to your shirt. She's going to rip it apart. <laughs> Everyone was making fun of me. Oh, gangsta is coming. <laughs> yeah, that was not good. But um, yeah, okay. So they knew you were, you were, you, uh, you came out yourself actually, like telling them about Jesus. I did. That was my big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you were there until you were nine? Or? Until I was nine, yeah. And then, and then we moved to Denmark because my parents, they wanted to... Well, first of all, I, you know, the, <clears throat> as with so many other idealistic missions, it kind of, it got down to money in the end and they mm. didn't have more money. Mm. And people kind of just like started leaving the collective without paying the bills. Ooh. And then my parents, they had to pu- pull the plug, basically. Oh, they had all the debt. Yeah, they had. And uh, I also think they thought maybe it was time that I would like start going to a normal school mm. um, and meet my Danish family and stuff like that, since my family is in Kenya and Denmark and not in Sweden. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was that was kind of it. So we moved to Denmark. We didn't have a dime on our pockets. We stayed in a, I remember we stayed in a, in a camping, like in, in a trailer, uh, in my parents' backyard. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that was fun because my grandparents, uh, they had like a lot of... In your gra- grandparents' backyard? Yeah, yeah, grandparents' uh, yeah, backyard. That was cool because my, my, my grandfather was a pilot, so he had shitloads of money. And he had a swimming pool and they had a freezer that was always full of ice cream. So it was a perfect. child's dream. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hallelujah. <laughs> and when did you um, got back on your feet again and got a place? And yeah, it took a couple of years, and then my my parents they bought a house mm-hmm. uh, south of Copenhagen. So yeah. then you attend the school there. Well, I also I ended up in the beginning also in a Christian school, mm-hmm. but since they were more concerned about learning me Bible verses than like math and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I got taken out of that school and I ended up in a normal private school, mm-hmm. um, where it was just about you know learning. Um, and it was that was it was also, I mean it was a good time for me also to get there because I was starting to get in my puberty, mm-hmm. so the whole thing about girls and stuff like that. I mean, I couldn't really unfold that in the Christian school that I would no. get kicked out immediately. So, <laughs> so when did your relationship with Jesus changed? I guess it changed when I was a teenager. Mm. When I saw my parents being more relaxed about it, I was also getting more relaxed about it. And we stopped going to church every Sunday also, and we stopped... Uh, it just stopped being a big part of our lives. Mm-hmm. It's always been a part of our life in some way. Um, I think nowadays for me it's just more like a cultural thing in some ways. I have it with me, but I mean, I pray sometimes. Really? I pray, yeah, I pray. If if I'm like, if I really feel that like shit is hitting the fan, I'm really like in some big kind of problems. <laughs> Or if I'm very worried about somebody, uh, I pray. Mm-hmm. I pray actually for my family in Kenya uh, pretty often. But you pray to Jesus or you pray to God? Um, How is it? I don't really pray to, I don't like address it to anybody. Uh-huh. I just, I, 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 I guess I'm just like saying things, wishing things. And uh-huh. then I'm like, sometimes I, if it's really bad, I would end, end it with saying, Amen. <laughs> exactly. Due to this? No, 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 no. No? That's the Catholic people that does that. I have no idea, man. What were you? Protestant. Protestant. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. I used to pray also. Um, although we don't pray in the family, but I was learning it in school. 
Mm-hmm. And I used to pray a lot. Actually, um, I mean, because I'm coming from an Alevi family, um, there was almost no religion in the house. And everything that I learned, I learned from school because we have mandatory religion mm-hmm. uh, classes in Turkey. And um, I had several religion teachers and some of them were really freaky. And I remember one of them, uh, when he, uh, there's a long uh, prayer called Ayat al-Kursi, and um, he was te- teaching us that and he told us that um, in order to um, get rid of the genies that haunt you, um, after you have to uh, say this prayer every night before you go to sleep. And when you finish the prayer, you just puff like uh, in front of you, back, left, right, up and down. Okay. So, so you're puffing the genies away. Ah. Like. <laughs> ah, that's so fun. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah, so I was doing that a long time, I remember. Uh, but Un- it, Until how old? I would say between 11 and 14. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But I was extremely uh, afraid also. Like, I didn't think about the genies before. And then this guy is telling me they're going to hunt you, so you have to pop them away. (laughs) And I was like, I was like... (laughs) Like Like a hairdryer, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> get the fuck away from here yeah it was wait my headphone yeah okay now um, so I was I like just, it's very warm in here you're like wearing a t-shirt and wearing like a hoodie yeah because so. I also uh, turned up the heat yeah why because I was I'm wearing a t-shirt <laughs> and I only think about myself <laughs> wait a minute Okay. Okay. Um, all right. We're back from commercials. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that was freaky. Okay, but I also had a relationship with religion when I was a kid um, because of school. And I was also thinking always, like, why don't we have, like, religious stuff in the house? Like, why is no one talking about, like, praying or, like, I don't know anything. I was upset with it. Like for one year or two years, I was like really into Islam. You felt like you were missing out. Yeah. yeah. I was like, all these people's like, <laughs> all these people are like praying and then they're, they're fast, fasting. They're doing this. We don't, we don't do any of things. Like I was developing some kind of sympathy to a part of Islam that I and me and my family don't belong to. And then... My family didn't say anything. They were like, yeah, do whatever. <laughs> whatever, girl. <laughs> go pray and go get, get, <laughs> go get rid of your genies. <laughs> yeah, and then... Um, I mean, that's such... I mean, if I was your older brother and I saw that you were like starting to get concerned about the genies, oh my God, that's such good big brother material for like freaking out. You have like... <laughs> Fucking with, it, with with the sister, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, they weren't uh, at home, oh. and I think I wasn't uh, telling this 
to my parents maybe i wasn't hiding but i wasn't saying like hey i do this new thing every night where i get rid of the genies <laughs> i pray this prayer and blah 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 i don't know but oh. it was it was funny and i don't know so i got rid of it okay i don't believe it in it anymore you don't believe in genies i don't believe in genies okay you uh i believe in ghosts i know tell me more it was actually um until recently that I thought that there was a ghost in the other side of, of our, our backyard here. But we kind of came to the conclusion now that it's not a ghost. Who are you talking about? The woman. The woman? Yeah. Who's always sitting. Maybe you can explain. Um, yeah. Our living room window is looking at a courtyard. And across there's another apartment block. And there we always see uh, in an apartment a woman sitting in the kitchen's together with the living room, I guess it, it is, uh, kitchen table uh, with her back turned to us and not moving and always wearing the, the same thing. Wearing the exact same thing, sitting in the exact same position yeah. every evening for a year. Yeah. Until 45 minutes ago, one hour ago, we actually saw her for the first time moving around properly. Yeah. And she was wearing a hoodie. Yeah, so, she was wearing a gray hoodie. But maybe the ghost just changed the outfit, I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> so no, when did you first uh, realize her? Um, a year ago, I think. Really? No, I have no idea, actually. I have no idea. But, I, I, I mean, I, I think I've never met a ghost. Oh, well, maybe I've met a ghost once, but I'm very concerned about meeting a ghost. There was once where I'm pretty sure that I met a ghost. I heard a ghost. I was trying to sleep and I heard somebody walking. How? In the room. Where? I heard somebody walking. I heard the floor. The floor is like, you know the apartment in Copenhagen I lived before? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was trying to sleep in the living room because we had some guests sleeping in my room. And uh, I heard somebody walking and I looked up and it was my friend, Naim. And he just had to pick something up and he went back into the room. And then I heard him come back again, walking once more, but very slowly this time. And I was one hundred percent sure that he, it was him again because I could hear, the, like the feet pressing towards the wood. I could hear the wood like make this squeaky sound. Mm -hmm. And I look up again, and there's nobody. Okay. So what did you do then? I turned on Netflix. I had maximum volume on Netflix, and I. <laughs> And I just, I just pray that there wasn't like a, a ghost was gonna fuck me up. <laughs> yeah. A ghost that's gonna fuck you up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, good that nothing happened. Yeah, that was awesome. You could be dead. Exactly. Yeah, I mean. Right Actually, once yeah. I was also invited to go to. Um, a castle um, to stay for one night. One of my friends, he... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You commercial. were invited to a castle? Yes. What the fuck is that? Yeah. My friend was working at Noma, which is this like very fancy restaurant. Okay. And he got invited because the, the chefs at Noma, they get treated like animals. They work like 80 hours and they get a shit pay and they like, you know, they basically treat them like 
modern day slaves mm. and uh, then sometimes they buy them off by like giving them like gift certificates to like other nice restaurants mm. so there was this castle where there's also a Michelin restaurant and they gave my friend a gift certificate to go there two people to have uh, breakfast lunch dinner and breakfast again and then you could you should go back mm-hmm. uh, and you could stay in the castle or do, like the purpose is to stay at the castle and eat this food mm-hmm. But it's also the most haunted place in Denmark, apparently. Mm. My friend invited me, and I said no. Because of because the, of this. Because of the ghosts. How? How should I <laughs> relax and enjoy enjoy a meal if there's like a ghost waiting around the corner when I go to the toilet or something? First of all, how did you come up to the idea that that place is haunted? It's officially uh, the most haunted place in Denmark. You can look it up. What is official? Where is it like announced that? Is Google. There, Google. Oh. <laughs> it's officially <laughs> the most haunted place in Denmark. Yes. <laughs> Look it up, man. Where does this information come the, from? Hogwarts? There's a <laughs> who? All I know is that there was a woman who cheated on her man many, 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 many years ago. And he did an extremely cruel thing, which is that he um, he like bricked her into the wall, and she died inside the walls of the castle. And she comes out in the night, and when there's men sleeping in the hotel, she stands by the end of the bed and she and she watches them. And lots of men have tried this before. They wake up and there's a woman standing at the end of the bed looking at them. Hell's no! If I'm gonna try this. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I don't care how many Michelin stars. They could have 500 Michelin stars. I'm not going there. No way. Um, You could try the food, go back home, and then come again. Like, how many days was that? You didn't need to stay there. I don't know. Then you go to the bathroom and you like wash your hands and then you look up in the mirror oh and, and she's God. there. Oh my God. No. Okay, so who went to this? Um... My friend brought some other guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They so smoked a bunch of weed and, and they slept. Did you ask them if they saw a ghost? No, no. Because they smoked a bunch of weed after they ate and they slept throughout the night and nothing happened. Okay. So they were safe. Okay, so ghosts, uh, I know that it's a big theme for you. I mean... Okay, so you rejected that. Do you have any other experience? With ghosts? Apart from the walking ghost? Um, No, I've only heard a lot of scary stories from other people. Did you watch The Conjuring? No. But you don't like also scary movies? I hate them. Scary movies and like going skiing, for instance, also like, I don't understand how people find... How can you enjoy skiing? What's the concept of going for vacation somewhere where it's much colder than where you are and you can break your arms and legs? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean... Why I, would you watch a horror movie where you're going to be scared for like 90 minutes? It's the adrenaline, man. I love it. It doesn't make any sense. I adore horror movies. Okay. Okay, so... But um, you don't like the... I mean, for instance... I don't understand um, amusement parks and like roller coasters and stuff. It's a no-no for me. I can never, ever. 
Um, but that's also the same thing. It's yeah. the adrenaline. But I can't do that one. But okay. I can do the other one. So I have my preferences of adrenaline. Okay. Um, what, do, what do you feel about amusement parks? Um, I'm a big fan, actually. Mm. Yeah. You're not afraid or... No. Of the roller coasters? No, not really. No? Mm. But it's also many years since maybe I got older. Like sometimes when you get older, like these, you have these superpowers when you're a kid. Like for instance, I could always dive underwater without having to like hold my nose. Mm-hmm. I can't do that anymore. Mm, yeah, yeah. There's like that was like a superpower I had like, as a kid, <laughs> but not anymore. So maybe also I'm not gonna be able to like go on a roller coaster without puking or crying. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Or both. We should try uh, next summer. I don't know if in around here are there any amusement parks? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. It's not a German thing, maybe. Or ah, it must be a German thing. Everything is a German thing. It's it's such a big country. Yeah, but not here. True. Probably like southern Germany. Maybe, yeah. 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 Let's see. Okay. Um. Yeah, but um, coming back to the reality from ghosts, which is not part of reality. Um. So you. Came back to uh, Copenhagen and then, then you started school. And then you also have this uh, history of your political activism. Like, when did that start? In what age and with who and why? Yeah. Um, when did that start? I think it started when I was 17, 18 years old or something like that. And I guess it comes from my parents being very idealistic about something. I kind of grew up with this, like, because my parents were, of course, my heroes. Uh, or not, of course, but luckily, I, for me, my parents were my heroes. Mm-hmm. And I think that this thing about believing in something a lot was kind of uh, inspiring me to be very engaged in, mm. like, different political topics and also be, like, a little bit activistic about it. So, yeah, when I was 17, 18, I started... I moved to Copenhagen and I started hanging out in some circles where like um, if you meant something about something, you would also do something about something. Mm. That's how you like show that you mean it. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's how I started. And then for kind of, I guess, obvious reasons, because I mean, if you're going to be political, you're going to go right wing or left wing. And, <laughs> and you, of course, went right wing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I ended up 10 years undercover as a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm living here with like protected identity. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So it came from my parents, definitely. My father has a very strong sense of justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have that, which is also kind of can be our like Achilles heel sometime. Mm. Um, and my mother is a very much a dreamer and a believer and it's just like extremely positive about everything Mm. so yeah that combination made me ending up in these circles and uh were they like your high school friends like the no my high school friends were definitely not that was not a place for me to be political Mm. i was in high school from i was 15 to i was 18 and then i moved to copenhagen i was 18 Mm -hmm. um And no. before that, where were you living? South of Copenhagen. Ah, okay. Like in the suburbs. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ah, okay. You moved to the city when you were 18. Yeah. And maybe that also triggered a lot of things. Yeah. Like triggered what? What do you mean? The, your political activism, because probably there it was more active and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. And there was a big, um, there was this big movement going on. There was like a squatted house uh, called the Youth House um, that was about to get evicted. Mm -hmm. And Jacob was living there. Is it yes, that one? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hey, so. Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely going to listen to this. He loves listening to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was hanging out in Copenhagen and I s heard about this thing about these young people living in a house uh, where they were trying to like create their own um, space for the outsiders in, in many ways. And this super fundamentally Christian woman who was a complete nutcase or is a complete nutcase. Sorry, I shouldn't say that women are crazy, but um, <laughs> let's be being political. This person who was a <laughs> complete nutcase. <laughs> This person. Pausing for political correction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, but I would say... She was a fundamental Christian and she had an epiphany that she had to buy the building and she had to tear down the house because everybody that was like alternative and punks and stuff like that were demons and they had to be eradicated. Mm -hmm. So she managed to buy the building and then after some a lot of lawsuits, she managed to get like the law on her side. To, to evict the building, she buys the building. She buys the building to evict the building and tear, and tear it down. It's just, it's like, it's an empty lot now. Okay. Um, the house was one of the most important cultural places for Copenhagen, uh -huh. like ever. Some of the biggest Danish punk and rock bands and also electronic music artists had their upbringing in this house. You could basically come there and you could like be a part of a community where you could uh, feel home and, and, mm. uh, and safe. And it was a creative space, but it was also... Of course, also it was f full of punks and stuff like that. It was also, you know... A, a As it should be. Yeah, yeah, you know. So um, anyway, this, this woman succeeded with that and she got it torn down. And I think that was also a big, for me, a big catalyst into like, okay, that was so unfair that she mm -hmm. did that. She raised that money only to tear down that building where a lot of people had really built their lives. And uh, a person which I would meet a year later, uh, which is Jacob, who is now uh, my bestie. <laughs> uh, he lived there. And um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. You should actually invite him for the podcast. Yeah, I will. And he, can <laughs> and he can tell about that. I, uh, I think it's kind of his domain. I'm not going to say too much about it. But uh, yeah, it was very, it was, it was not fair. So, yeah. And yeah, from there on, I just started hanging out in these environments. And I got, it was nice to have something to like be engaged in other than just like trying to figure out what to do with my life. Yeah. With work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's um, always, I don't know. I, I was thinking back to, um, The days where my um, left-wing political opinion started to form itself. Um, I think I was around the same age. 
I mean, I come also from a left-wing family, so that was obviously always uh, with me. But then I even got more radical than my parents. <laughs> um, at the age of 17, 18, I think it was. Um, but I think that I never had the... Um, I, I was more on the theoretical side of the 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 academical discussion part of the uh, this political activism thing because I didn't have a group of friends who were on the streets and were active um, rather than um, my cousins were also um, very one of my cousins was very active and in the family it was always there was there were always political discussions like always and but i was always like in the it's interesting it was more of a passive thing i was reading always about politics um basically reading and discussing with people all the time but i was never on the streets mm. you know but that's not completely true there's that's one story Ah, with Gezi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was... Um, Which is much more intense than anything I've ever tried. That was, that was <laughs> You bad. went from like zero to hero on that one. Yeah, that was interesting because maybe all of these, this energy that was waiting inside me to <laughs> explode just collected to that day when this... Um, when they started to cut the trees on the Gezi Park and this this whole demonstrations got bigger and bigger and bigger and then the the park was uh, occupied by activists for like two months i guess um i was there every day for two months and then that was an interesting feeling where i lost any sense of um what one does in a daily life like i don't know meeting with your friends going to work i was working and or just going shopping like going watching a movie everything just vanished it's, it was just this i'm gonna go there and i'm gonna stay there um and and then after that also i never had that that was so interesting like how determined i was like and, and i couldn't hear anything else from anyone like i couldn't hear like my mom coming and telling me ah oh, today uh i lost my earring or something i was like i can't i can't hear this right now <laughs> i'm going to the park <laughs> like none of the daily uh problem like problems of our daily life were relevant to me anymore mm. it was all about that so that day when, when we when we became hostage in this hotel was also I was insisting I was with uh, my friend uh, Burju maybe later you watch this video um, and we we went there and then we were always having these rumors like the police is gonna do a last attack like the biggest attack in order to shut this down they were always attacking every day. But um, this one was going to be a big one, so we were always hearing. So the rumors, and then people started talking in the park, like, oh, I think they're going to come, they're coming, blah, blah, blah. And then Burju was like, yeah, let's, maybe let's go. Let's, um, 
uh, we were here for a while. Let's go. Let's not stay for this. And I was like, no, 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 let's, uh, let's wait a little. They're not going to come, but I know they're coming and I just don't want to leave. <laughs> I just want the, them to see attack or something. I don't know. I, I don't remember. Um, You're kind of drawn to the disaster. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And, and I was also like, I didn't understand why wouldn't anyone be drawn to a disaster right now? Why anyone would want to leave? Just mm -hmm. stay the fuck here. And then we stayed and the police attacked and then we went away into this hotel and they kept us in the, in the basement and locked the doors on us so that the police, police couldn't uh, come so in. Couldn't find the, you. Police couldn't get in anyway. They didn't let them and they did not have the right to get in. So that's why. Um, but then we waited there for like, I don't know, five, six hours until morning, even more. Actually, it's like 12 hours or something. And then we had like no internet. And how many people were in the basement? Uh, there were also different rooms, but I think it was like 200 or something. Yeah. There was like pregnant women, Crazy. kids. Crazy. Elderly, I don't know, everyone was there. And it was like full-on panic attack mode. Information coming from every corner all the time. Mm. They were like, shut down your phones, delete all your photos, um, hide your uh, a national ID and tell them blah, 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 blah. It's coming uh, instructions from every corner. Mm. And you're like, okay, what should I do? I deleted all the photos I should do now, I should do this now. And... So then um, we were safe and then in the morning we got out and then it was over because they were like gas bombing the whole night. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Yeah. And yeah, so we went out and we were also like soaked in gas, gassed air. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were like taking a shower in order to like get this uh, tear tear bomb gas out of our skin. Mm -hmm. And I was like, am I going to get cancer? Yeah. Like, am I going to die? <laughs> it was like all over my yeah. body, yeah. in my eyes, yeah. in my mouth. It's like, horrible. Horrible. It's really bad. Yeah, but then it didn't come back after because it's still going on. I mean, that was a very, that had a very large diameter but uh, it's always active in Turkey there's mm. always something so. yeah. and they ended up cutting down the trees or they, no, they ended keeping the trees right they were planning to um, build a kind of mixed use retail and hotel I think kind of facility there mm -hmm. to reconstruct a military base from the Ottoman Empire time And in order to do that, they need to get rid of the park. Mm. They started cutting down trees and then the demonstration started. They stopped and then they, the project is not realized until today. I see that, I think, as a success of the project. That's, although, that's um, amazing. Yeah. One of the few times where these demonstrations actually work. Yeah, it was all, of course, it was never revealed that, okay, you did demonstrations and therefore we're not building this project. There, were, there was never a moment of victory like that mm, ever. Mm. 
And after demonstrations ended, they were always like, okay, the project is coming, it's going to be realized, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not hearing it anymore, but I'm also not up to date. Um, I should check. Mm. I don't know. It They already might have <laughs> built it. <laughs> it's... Uh, Okay. You can never, you can never trust anything, uh, in regards to the decisions of uh, the city, in Istanbul, mm. unfortunately. Yeah. So that was that. That was interesting. But um, so you also have some street, some street activism. Some, your- yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, um, we had a lot of them actually. With my parents, I was always going, but they were always peaceful like there there wasn't ever any like uh, an attack or something it was there were just demonstrations um uh, but this one was the only violent one when i when i, I was so scared that i would shit my pants like mm. i was so fucking scared and i i never was scared of anything in my life than that period of time i would say yeah Yeah, I mean, they can do anything to you. You don't want to... Especially in in like a, like a, a riot situation like that, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, it was the same in, in Copenhagen when the when the police evicted that house also. Yeah. It was also super scary. I remember I was uh, sleeping somewhere outside Copenhagen. I took the train in, in, in the morning and I came to Copenhagen like maybe two, three hours after at the after the police had like evicted the building mm-hmm. they had arrested everybody who was inside the, the house uh, and now they were like in the process of yeah I don't know whatever they were doing and like the not only the street in front of the house but all of the neighborhood and also other neighborhoods everything was on fire and it was like for three days the whole city was like burning Whoa. it was like a war zone Whoa. Um, they had to like get police in from all of the different parts of the country and it was like super exciting like I was a young man like running around like wow what is this um, but it was also super scary <laughs> and I remember for a long time after I was like I got super scared every time I heard like a police siren because I was think like okay mm. now like something is gonna happen again paranoia yeah exactly like a very small doses of PTSD or something yeah from being like in streets like that yeah. for like three days Um, also because that never happens in Denmark, you know. It's, it's a fairy tale country, some would say. Yeah. <laughs> But those three days were the one. I guess that would they. I think they said there was the three most um, vi- violent, violent days or like most um, since the Second World War. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, that's big. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Very big. Yeah, scary. And then what happened afterwards? What happened with me or with the house? Yeah, with the house. Um, after a couple of months, I think, or maybe after a couple of weeks or a couple of days. This is many years ago now. It the, the house got torn down. But um, <laughs> it's good that I have my face back. <laughs> Your face. Oh yeah, that also happened. I was. Have you seen some of those um, TV shows in uh, MTV, like Jersey Shore and stuff like that? What? Jersey Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Uh, yeah. What is that? No. Uh. Uh-uh. 
I'll show you. Are you what are you trying to say? Um nothing. Nothing. You should just explain what happened yourself and then I can Yeah, so um I wanted to I never do makeup and I wanted to do makeup and I just bought a bronzer and I don't use bronzer. I don't know how to use it. So I applied it to my face and then my face was orange, <laughs> like completely orange. And then I asked, I started crying and I <laughs> ran, in, ran to Besta and I told her to fix my face. And then she applied some other stuff like sticks and blushes and highlighters to my face, which became worse. And then my face was like orange and brown and white and like, but, but like brown here, orange here, yellow there, pink here. Like it was like a patchwork. And then I was like, and then Besta said, maybe you should wash your face and let's try this again. And I was like, fuck no, I'm never washing my face. But then I looked at once more in the mirror and I was like, this is not going to work. So I washed my face and I did just did my the things that I know, just like putting an eyeliner on and like a mascara and blush. And you look great. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, but I didn't. I I also thought like maybe I should do the podcast, like maybe from the video people couldn't tell. But I think they could tell, like the patchwork effect of my face. I don't know. I, anyway, I want to learn how to do makeup. We also have those funny filters from like Instagram or something running like on our faces while we're talking. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. True. That was fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, with my um, renewed Adobe subscription, I'm gonna master all of those programs and become a. Illustrator slash um, cinematographer slash producer slash uh, content creator slash lawyer slash model slash actress. One of those people. Well, is there anything else you want to say? Um, World peace? I've been thinking about what is to bring to the uh, desert island. To exactly. Mm. Do you have it? Yes. Um, I have two items. The third item... Yeah. The third item is the most so important one. I would bring a Bible. Mm -hmm. And I would bring the Quran. Mm -hmm. uh, is this a joke? No. Okay. <laughs> Because, I, I mean, if I'm on, a, if I'm on an island, I'm, I know I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. Then when I die... And I believe in life after death. I'm going to be like, I don't know who I'm going to meet, but I need to do my homework. So I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read the Quran. So no matter who I'm going to meet on the other side, by the gate, I can like, you know, I have like, you know, that's... You smart ass. Yeah, right. And the third item, I don't know, a very cold beer maybe. Yeah, a, cold, a very cold beer. Before you die, maybe. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Maybe, maybe a six pack. <laughs> <laughs> I would bring a six pack, the Quran and the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> What a trio. Mm. Okay. Um. Ah, and a picture of best, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
inside the Quran. Yes. I mean, that's also one piece. Yeah. Because best and Quran belong together and everyone they're like, knows they're that. Like they're like this. <laughs> so, um, I remember a joke. Actually, one of my ex-boyfriends, one of my ex-boyfriends, who, who says that? Ex, my ex-boyfriend told me, but I'm not sure if this is his joke or if this is a comedian's joke. If uh, anyone know who, <laughs> who this, this joke belongs to, I'm going to reference it after as if someone's listening to this podcast, but whatever. <laughs> I have hope. Um, the joke was, uh, I don't understand like uh, atheists. Like, why take the risk? Just say you're believing. Yeah. And then if it's really there, then you're going to be on the safe side. If it's not, then it doesn't matter anyway because there's no life after death. So why risk? Exactly. <laughs> so that was exactly, exactly. your approach. <laughs> exactly. Why risk? Get me the Bible. Get me the Quran. The best is for us inside. And a six pack. See you on the other side. Or not. Exactly. At least I'm going to have my six pack. And I'm going to have some, something to read, you know? So. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, it depends on how much time you have on that island. Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. What would you pick? Can't we pick like a human? Of course. Can you? Yeah. Okay, then I would pick. I mean, yeah. Okay, you can. Yeah, I can pick human. I would just, or maybe I would pick one person because if I pick two pe person, then maybe we would have disagreements in one of, like it would get wild and one of us kill the other one or they kill me i don't know okay. Lord of the that would be dangerous situation. but if we're two we're not gonna kill each other because we are all we have mm. actually like oh my god this is like a dream scenario for me because having a person a one person in a desert island is the dream of a codependent person like me like they have no other choice than me mm. they can never fucking leave me so it's like a hundred percent safety on that island mm -hmm. so i'm taking a human but i don't know who but this is, it's gonna be like my also my um romantic and sexual partner duh um but a human uh what about a famous person a famous person <gasps> oh my god the i know i know the okay i know who am i gonna pick I would, the one human is oh, oh, going to be so excited. <laughs> the human I'm picking, okay, the human I'm picking on a desert island is David Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> of I course. adore him. And of can you course. imagine? He, I mean, he lived in ice for like three days. He is never going to die. He will also protect me from probably and he would teach me everything he would teach me like how to drink 20 gallons of water and keep it inside me for a month or any kind of tricks to trick the animals 
for instance, mm -hmm. you know, like make them crazy, go crazy. Or maybe he would just be like, I'm going to sleep now until somebody picks us up. And then he <gasps> goes to, to sleep on the beach and he just sleeps for like months and you're just super bored. Oh, no. that um, Don't do that, David. Don't do that to me. No, that wouldn't be ideal, but I would love to be on a desert island with Dave Blaine. Absolutely. And then uh, he, I would pick a, like a pack of uh, cards for him. And then what, what else he wants? I don't know. Like a balloon? I think he did like an ascension trick. The last work is... is oh, so you could fly flew. away from the island. <laughs> I mean, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, he you can, flew. You can like hug him and be like... Oh, yes! Okay. Oh. Yes. That would, that would be great. Okay. So, um, I guess we all have what we need. Mm -hmm. And thank you for coming. <laughs> coming you didn't come when we're all like I mean, living in the same place thank you for being the first guest of this podcast thank you for inviting me making Such an time honor. for me yeah, cool. that was fun yeah. that was cool yeah. <laughs> so um, bye everyone until next time David Blaine if you hear me I'm choosing you <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs>